Hi, everyone. Thanks for tuning in. I'm your host, Paul Grand, here on the Outcomes Rocket MedTech Podcast. I'm really excited to have you back with us. This is a lot of fun for me, and hopefully you're enjoying it as much as I am. If you haven't heard me before, I'm the founder and CEO at MedTech Innovator, which is the world's largest medical device accelerator. You can learn about us on the web at medtechinnovator.org. And also, if you look in our show notes, you'll find a link to the website. So in this podcast series, I'm interviewing leaders and shakers and stakeholders in the med tech industry, people who are working together to improve outcomes. And there'll be a link in the show notes for this particular episode on LinkedIn. And I invite you to join the conversation by clicking that link, sharing your thoughts, being part of the conversation. So my guest today is Peter Vrains, who's CEO of Neutromics. Peter is a chemical engineer and a serial entrepreneur. He's the co-founder of Neutromics, which is an Australian medtech company revolutionizing healthcare through continuous real-time molecular monitoring. The company's innovative smart patch biosensor platform will solve some of the biggest challenges we face today in healthcare in the fields of chronic disease prevention, chronic disease management, acute diseases, and therapeutic drug monitoring just to start. Prior to Neutromics, Peter founded Biocore Technologies and led the team with the development and commercialization of several natural cosmeceutical skincare brands distributed in over 1,500 retailers throughout Australia. The company was sold in 2013, and then he went on to found Neutromics. Peter's got a chemical engineering degree from RMIT in Melbourne. So we're really lucky to have you here, Peter. Welcome to the Outcomes Rocket MedTech podcast. Great to be here, Paul. Thank you for having me on. Very excited to be here. Well, I'm excited to have you on, Peter, and I'm excited because You've made it to the finals in MedTech Innovator. And for those of you out there who don't really know what that means, we had over a thousand companies apply this year, 1,160 or so companies apply to MedTech Innovator. Out of those companies, we had panels of hundreds of people review these companies and they chose 50 companies to be part of our accelerator. Peter and Neutromics is part of that. And then within that, our mentors nominate companies to be in our finals competition and Neutromics made it to the finals, which is just a huge deal. Very excited for you. And uh, I can't wait to share some more of the story with our listeners here today, Peter. Yeah, well, we were over the moon, Paul, I gotta say, when we found out that we were a finalist. This is, you know, there's a lot of competitions and a lot of accelerators out there. You know, this is the world's biggest. And I gotta say, going through this program, we've been, you know, mentored by some of the biggest companies in the medtech industry. We've got enormous value, but to become the finalist, it's kind of surreal experience almost. It's because the cohort that are there are exceptional. They're amazing companies. So we yeah, just couldn't believe it and very grateful that to be part of the program, we've got a huge amount of value out of it. Well, I'm really happy to hear that. So let's dig in a little bit here and just get some history on you, Peter. So, sure. so first of all, just you know, what's inspiring you to be in in medtech in the first place? Give us a little bit of that background. Good question. It's like it's the why. Why do why do we do what we do? And our why is a really strong why. And I think similar to a lot of companies in in health and medtech, we're in an industry where we're saving lives, literally saving lives. With what we do every year, hundreds of thousands of people die because clinicians don't have timely molecular data. And this is a problem that's been around forever. And in a lot of ways, it's, it's a little archaic, you know, it, to get the molecular data, you need blood draws and it's slow and, and you get single point in time data and it's, there's a lag. 
And there's all these problems associated with it. And sometimes you have fast moving disease states like sepsis, or you have drug drugs that need to be monitored, but you need timely and accurate data to do that. And when you really you know, peel the onion on these problems, you feel for, for clinicians because you know that they're making big decisions on people's lives with limited data. And it's a tough, it's basically like going blindfolded. So, and people die. That's just the outcome. So we, as a company, all of our staff viscerally feel this pull to remedy this situation. And we have a technology that can do that. And that's what gets us driving to do what we do, you know, every day. We, you know, we're building a company in a pandemic. You know, in Melbourne, we've been in, we're in lockdown now. We've been in lockdown for over 200 days in total. You know, it's hard to do a startup. It's hard to do a hardware company. It's hard to do a hardware company in a pandemic. And I'm going to say our team is thriving, you know, not just surviving, but thriving because of this. Why? Because of this pull. And we go over over hurdles, through hurdles. You know, we make it happen because of that why. And I think we're lucky in one respect that we are in an industry, and it's not just that, it's everyone in our industry. We're in an industry that makes such a difference and I think we'll all look back at some point in our life and be really grateful for that, that we were able to contribute to something really worthwhile. So this is something that's really important to us as a company. And, you know, it's really driving us to basically save lives. That's it's as simple as that. Saving lives is a, is a great motivator. And I think that's what a lot of us in healthcare wake up to do every day. Mm. So give us, you know, the short version of the founding story. You know, what, what brought you together to solve this particular challenge that you're going after? Good question. I've, I've never been known for my, my short versions, Paul, so I'll do my best. But so as you mentioned in the intro, uh, you know, I've been an entrepreneur for about 15 years, mainly in skincare. And I think it got to a point where I uh, sold off the last brand, last company and started a new brand and had one of those moments where I thought, well, is this what I want to do for the rest of my life? Basically, you know, does the world need another skincare brand? I suppose was the ultimate question. And for me, the answer was no. And so through developing that skincare brands associated with a German company that could measure certain molecular targets through the skin using optical means, about the same time, met my co-founder, Hitesh Mehta, and we kind of just bonded over this dissatisfaction around chronic diseases and how they're managed at the moment. It's very much, the prevention isn't doesn't really come into it. So long story short, because I promised the short version, we we decided to join forces and start Neutromix and a lot of pivots along the way. And it went from prevention of chronic diseases to therapeutic drug monitoring, which is our first market for vancomycin. It's a life-saving antibiotic. And it brought us to where we are today. And it's really, this is a dream fulfilled, this being fulfilled. Yeah, we're, we are doing it at the moment and we have a great team and we've got our first in human trial coming up. So very exciting times for us as a company. And yeah, so it's a start start of a journey, but a, a hopefully a lot longer journey to come. Yeah. Well, it's a great journey you're on. And yeah, like many entrepreneurs in healthcare, you've got to be prepared to take that journey. This is not like a photo sharing app where you can knock the thing out in a you know, week and, mm. and have it being used by millions of people, right? We got to take our time and be safe and efficacious and really build up that trust and all those things that go along with that. So there's a long journey and, and I know you've got some of that patience and enthusiasm that's going to take you all the way. So I'm excited about that too. I want to talk, you know, you mentioned again about this, this unmet need. I want to dig into that a little bit more again. So when you come to like, you mentioned vancomycin mm. um, and that antibiotic. So to explain to us, sum up the kind of value prop 
for you know what how you would define how this is going to improve lives, change outcomes, specifically as it relates to vancomycin. So that's where you're starting and, sure. and patients who are on that. And then maybe longer term, where you see the company going. Yeah, sure. So just for context, so we have a platform technology, sensing technology. It's a patch. It can monitor any molecular target continuously and in real time. That's a big claim of fame. We've got the data to back it up though. So we, we see ourselves as the evolution of continuous glucose monitoring, which a lot of, lot of your, your listeners would be familiar with. That technology can just monitor glucose. We can expand beyond that to proteins and drugs and a whole range of different targets. And it's a blue ocean opportunity for us. So our first market is vancomycin. It's a life-saving antibiotic used typically for conditions such as sepsis or MRSA. And it's very problematic. About one in five people in the US who go into hospital are dosed with this vancomycin, very, very commonly used, 6.3 million people every year get the drug, but 10 to 20% get a toxic dose. There's a very narrow therapeutic window that clinicians are trying to get patients into, and it's really easy to overdose uh, a patient. So when you get a toxic dose, that can often lead to an acute kidney injury. It's one of the top 10 killers in hospital. It's a precursor to chronic kidney disease. Cost of care goes up $20,000 every time that happens. 60% of doses don't even hit the therapeutic range. So you, you imagine you've got a yeah, you know, a life-threatening bacteria you're trying to treat, you need to treat that quickly. And 60% of your doses aren't even treating it. It's a big problem. So this is not, uh, you know, you hear a lot about technologies looking for a problem. This is, there is a pull from clinicians to solve this problem. This is some of the reasons why it's a low-hanging fruit for us. So there, there are guidelines that came out that said, this is unacceptable, what we need to do. What's recommended is area under the curve, necessitates multiple blood draws, 83% of US hospitals do not follow those guidelines because it's impractical. It's just too difficult to do that many blood draws. There's problems all over the place. We have a solution where we eliminate pretty much all those problems and we can give clinicians real-time continuous monitoring of vancomycin. No delays, no multiple blood draws. It's just continuous and it's with a patch. So that complies with the guidelines and will help clinicians keep patients in the therapeutic zone outside the toxic zone. And where we see this going is we can do multi-analyte sensing. So this is the first step, but where we're heading towards is a patch for every patient. And that's we say that because we feel that we can provide a value proposition to hospitals that warrants them putting a patch on every patient. So we can do multiple molecular sensing, like 15 targets together, all on the one patch. And that allows us to do molecular vital signs for triaging, for example, therapeutic drug monitoring for a whole range of drugs. Outpatient monitoring, for example, when people have major operations and they're at high risk of an acute kidney injury, we can monitor creatinine, for example, remotely. We can monitor panels of cardiac markers. So things like troponin and molecular targets like that, that give people a heads up that they're likely to have a heart attack, for example, and that they need to urgently go to hospital. So there's a whole range of value props in, in that. We're starting off zero, you know, laser focused on the first one because all roads lead through that, but there's a much bigger vision here that we're going after. And that's how we're building our company as a platform with, with that end in mind. So that is just a great overview of all these different options, all these different opportunities. As you said, you know, being laser focused on one is really the key because if you were, you got a platform, but if you're trying to do five or six or whatever number of even two different things, that impacts your ability to get to patients and be successful. So it sounds like you picked a good one. Maybe you could just give us a little more of if this works out, how will that change care 
for patients who are being dosed with vancomycin? How do you see that changing things by keeping people in that therapeutic window? Is that going to, do you think that's going to, what, what do you think that's going to do to this particular disease or the, or sepsis or whatever it is that you're tackling here? Yeah. So it's, there are significant issues that patients face now when getting dosed with vancomycin. So I mentioned a few, it's a renally cleared drug. So acute kidney injury is always top of mind for any clinician. And so what happens is that patients get dosed conservatively at the moment. Clinicians rightly are very concerned about toxicity. And so it takes quite a while to get a patient into the therapeutic zone. Now, that limits the chances of a toxic event, but it also means that the bacteria they're trying to kill, the patient's exposed for longer. You're not treating, you don't have therapeutic dosing level to treat whatever that, to treat that bacteria. So that's a risk and that that's putting patients' lives at risk as well. So it's, it's a real catch-22 for clinicians. And so what this will allow is that clinicians can get patients into that therapeutic zone much, much faster and keep them there. And so that means, you know, less complications, less chances of acute kidney injury, shorter hospital stays. There is a big trend toward dosing patients in the home, hospital in the home, it's called, especially during the pandemic, this is really accelerated. And so this is another way that hospitals can dose more drugs in home because you don't need to take up a bed to really dose a patient with vancomycin, for example. So there's many health benefits, obviously, from a patient's point of view, but many economic benefits. And the reality of the world is you need both. You can't, you know, hospitals are strained. They need to be able to have efficient technologies that not only help patients, but save them money. And so, and this is a low cost technology, actually. So you need both to have, you know, to be able to get traction in the market. And luckily, we, we do have the ability to do that. So that's that's where we're heading with with that first market. Yeah, no, that makes a lot of sense. And and I know you've done a, a lot of work to figure out which was the the best indication to go after and both in terms of having an impact, time to being able to demonstrate that that you know this technology works and is meeting the needs. So great to hear some of the thinking behind that. So thanks for sharing that. Now I know along the way things go wrong, right? Like, you know, it's not always not always roses and something might come up that you weren't expecting. So maybe you could just share with us, some of the listeners here, what you, you know, along the way, any particular setbacks that you experienced and, and what'd you learn from those? That's yeah, a great question. I think a lot of you listeners would have seen that there's a, like a meme out there where what people think and what the reality is. And, and so what people think is a straight line where you start off here, and you just go along this straight line and you get to your destination. And then the, the second part of that meme is the reality. And it's just a big squiggle. It's all over the place, right? And so it goes to kind of what you're talking about where, you know, entrepreneurship and innovation is not a straight line. There are setbacks everywhere. That's par for the course. And all entrepreneurs know it and we expect it. And if you don't know it, you're going to find out pretty fast, right? So that is the essence of entrepreneurship is pivoting, changing, adapting. You know, a lot of ways it's it's that Darwinian theory of survival of the fitness, how fast you can learn and adapt is probably the greatest, you know, indicator of your chance of survival. And we've had our fair share of challenges and pivots along the way. And there's hundreds to be, you know, but the ones that come to mind are technological pivots. So I mentioned that, you know, we started off with an optical technology that could measure carotenoids. And that, that was the link with the skincare because right at the beginning, I was looking at how to monitor skin health. And, and so carotenoids in skin is an indicator of skin health. And that's where this actually started. And so we looked to apply that technology 
beyond just carotenoids to other micronutrients. And then so quickly we, we discovered that wasn't going to do that was a, a nice dream but the reality just wasn't there so we pivoted from that and we looked at sweat and we thought okay let's look at something non yeah it's non-invasive let's see if we can monitor glucose in sweat so we went a fair way down that path and then realized well one day that might that might happen but you know it's not something we want to take on it's just there's too many problems and then we pivoted again and we went to isf which is interstitial fluid, the same fluid that's used by CGM, continuous glucose monitors. They use that fluid. And we're using a microneedle now in ISF. And that was that's that is doable. We are doing it. But it took that wasn't self-evident from the start. So there was there was pivots along the way. And I think we we'll, we were fortunate enough that in our DNA as a company, we have a bit of an open innovation model. We collaborate broadly. So from the day one, we've always been, who is the best researchers in ISF? Who's the best researchers for this or that? Who's the expert in the world for this? And we would literally you know, fly to, we fly to, to the US all the time and we speak to those people and we engage them. And we've been very successful in being able to do that and bring them on board. And that's allowed us to learn quickly and avoid going too far down the path of certain technologies that just aren't going to work. And we do that even today. We, we just bring in the best around in the world to solve problems because we're problem solving machines. That's what we do. And it helps us to, you know, I just avoid spending too much money going down a, a path that, that's not going to work. Well, uh, I think that's a really good example for our listeners, for all those people out there who haven't gone the entrepreneurial path. It is definitely not a straight line. There's lots of pivoting. There's lots of changing along the way. And you got to be prepared for that, right? So that gives you the ability to say, okay, this didn't work. Let's try that. That's really important. And, you know, you've even changed, you know, your sensing technology, all sorts of things along the way from, as you said, for optical to going all the way to interstitial fluid, which, you know, makes a lot of sense to me knowing the space. So, so that's really great that you've you shared that for everybody. Let me just get to, a, you know, maybe some exciting things for you. So, you know, number one, of course, you're in the MedTech Innovator Finals. I know that's pretty exciting. What else is exciting you today about, you know, at the company? What do you, what do you have coming up that you're really uh, passionate and excited about? Good question. A couple of things come to mind. So we've we've got our first in human trial coming up. And so that's in a few months. That that's a huge value inflection for us as a company. We've got a lot of data showing that, you know, the, the, the sensor is stable. You've got two and a half days worth of data in whole blood that is stable and a whole range of different indicators that this will be successful. But ultimately we need to have that clinical trial data to prove this technology works. So that's super exciting for us. And then we're eagerly awaiting the outcome of that. The other one is off the back of that, we're going to be, we just closed the round actually. So just recently, just a few weeks ago, closed a, a $5.7 million round. So that's always nice to bank that money. And on that. Yeah, that's thank you. Yes. Yeah. So that was great. And we're going to be opening around about middle of next year. And that's where we have a philosophy. We're always in capital raising mode, right? So we don't, it doesn't start and stop and then you have nothing and then start and stop. We are perpetually in capital raising mode, just the intensity changes. So we every day, sorry, every week we're having meetings. Even now we just closed around. We're still fielding a lot of inbound inquiries from VCs. So we're always having these discussions and, and we're taking some of the you know, the marquee medtech VCs on the journey with us. So we, you know, every month or every few months, we catch up with them and we give them an update as to where we're going. So we're taking them on the journey. That, that's 
for any entrepreneur out there, I, I really think that's a vitally important thing to do. You want it, you have to build relationships with with VCs early. You know, coming to them, opening a round, just like looking at raising capital in distinct rounds, I don't think is always the best way. I think it's you want to be very early on having these discussions with VCs, showing them you can execute. So basically saying, here's what we're planning to do. Here's what we, and we call it the good, the bad, and the ugly. So we say, here's what we did. Here's what we said. Here's what we did. Here's what we we hope to do and we didn't do. Here's what we learned, you know, and just give it to them straight. And, and I think, and if you do that enough with people, just, I think it's a people thing, that's how you gain trust and they understand you know, they, they, they trust you because you, you're transparent and there's nothing to hide. Every, everyone knows that you're not going to execute everything perfectly, but that's what we try and do a lot of that. And I think that works well so that when we do open around, we've got people that know us that have been on the journey and that solves a lot of problems. It helps us raise money. So anyway, so we've got a round coming up, you know, mid next year and we're excited about that as well. Well, I, I could tell you again, listeners, great advice when you're hearing Peter talk about transparency and building relationships with investors, that's what it takes. You know, people could pick up on someone, you know, not telling you the whole story. It's very obvious. I was a VC for 12 years and it's very obvious when someone is leaving something out. And if it's not, and you find out later that they left something out or they're hiding something, you know, you lose all confidence, you lose all trust. So it's really important to build that trust. And these are relationships, as you said, Peter, that take years to develop in some cases before someone actually writes a check. And by the way, it's it's a two-way street, right? Like you want to get to know the investors too, because you know, once you let them into your company as an investor, they have all sorts of of rights and the ability to really potentially, you know, damage your company. It's not just that they gave you a check and you just move on. I mean, these people can can stop your company in its tracks in some cases. So you really wanna you wanna build a relationship of of mutual trust where you understand what they bring to the party and they understand that you're you're someone to be trusted. So so that's really great advice. I'm glad you shared that with all the would-be or current entrepreneurs out there. So thanks for that. Again, super excited for you on this journey. You're doing something really important. We've seen all sorts of sensors at MedTech Innovator and all kinds for all different uses. And, and I could tell you that Neutromics is standing out from the pack, not only just in terms of the platform and the technology and what it can do, but it's it's used the, you know, everything about you know Neutromics stood out for us this year as being a really differentiated company. So super excited that you were selected to be part of MedTech Innovator, that you applied in the first place and that you made it to the finals. That's a really big deal. I want to wrap up maybe with a closing thought from you. Peter, again, you've given lots of great advice for everybody. So just give us kind of one closing thought of just, you know, reflecting on our conversation, anything else you think people should know about Neutromics or anything else you want to share. And then also let us know where the Outcomes Rocket listeners can get in touch with you, whether it's LinkedIn or what's the best way to find you. Yeah, good question, Paul. Look, you know, we, we, we have a fundamental belief that to be successful, to have a transformative technology, you, you need three things. You need a great technology, obviously. You need great, talented people, world-class at what they do. And you need a great culture that binds it all together. And that's what we focus on. And so with that in mind, we're, yeah, we're a rapidly growing company. We're right at the moment in looking for, and we just opened this up, or about to actually open it up, chief medical officer. So if you're listening to this and this resonates with you, 
and you're interested, reach out. This is a really critical, pivotal role for the company. So that's probably one of the one of the things that it's kind of top of mind at the moment, Paul. And you can reach out via LinkedIn. If anyone's sort of interested in following our journey, LinkedIn's probably the best way to to keep up updated. We always post pretty much daily on that. So you get to get to see how we're traveling. Our first market's going to be in the US. So we will be opening an office in the US in the not too distant future. And yeah, so, and look, if you're a clinician and you, you think that there is an application of this technology, if you always thought, gee, if only you could measure X, Y, or Z, wouldn't that be remarkable continuously in real time? But I could solve all these different problems. We want to hear from you. You know, we, we have an, what we call an open innovation back-end model. We know that, that we can't constrain the innovation within the four walls of this organization. This technology is bigger than that. So we invite others to come in and to work with us. And we want to work with you. We work with lots of researchers and universities to try and discover different applications of this technology. So if there's something you have in mind that you've always wondered, you know, if only the technology was there, by all means, reach out. We want to talk to you because that might be the, the spark that takes this technology into a different direction and can solve some you know, really significant and important problems in healthcare because they all start with a thought, a start, and maybe that's that's one of those starts. So reach out, talk to us. We love to talk to you and let's see where that journey goes. Fantastic. You know, and I echo that. So if you're a clinician and you're just even interested in seeing where this technology could be applied as as peter said you've got a you've got a wish and now there's a technology that can actually deliver on it reach out for sure to peter and hey you may wind up getting so excited that you join the company as cmo should be pretty cool so you know that is a that is a real opportunity that's how this works you know you you find people along the way and you say hey you know I'd love love what you're doing love to talk to you more and next thing you know you're working for the company so you know I highly encourage people reach out to Peter reach out to the company you know he mentioned you know he's got a great team it's not just Peter Hitesh and the rest of the team there I know are all are all working really hard this is a a company culture that he's built that I, I know a lot of people are excited about. I see your posts on LinkedIn and see the enthusiasm and excitement from your team. You know, it's it's very evident when you read your messaging and everything. This isn't just, you know, a one person driving the show kind of thing. It's definitely a team and and uh, I applaud you for the way you're running the company. So, so great job, Peter. Thanks, Paul. And just one thing I'll quickly mention, you know, when you're an entrepreneur, there's lots of opportunity that you know, a lot of people knock on the door and say, hey, we got this, we got this, all these different programs and, accelerators and I've got to say, and I know this is maybe a shameless, it came, might come across as a shameless plug here, Paul, but I would highly, highly recommend the value that we've got from the MedTech Innovator genuinely is great. So like we've got access to companies that we just typically wouldn't get access to, you know, mentored from some some great big companies that with people genuinely wanting to help us, you know, it's just not an everyday thing. And, and so I was a little hesitant initially when I, I didn't know about it. We were in Australia. I didn't know much about the MedTech Innovator Program, to be honest, when I first heard about it. And I, we have got, as a whole team, massive value. Like if there is one program that we would do again, the top of the list, genuinely, and this, this is to help everyone who's thinking about whether they want to get into, you know, what's going to help your business. The MedTech Innovator really did help us. It gave us some great connections that even beyond the end of this program, where we're going to be pursuing these connections that are really valuable and strategic for our business. And, and so I, I would just highly recommend 
if you can get in, I know it's hard to get in, but if you can and you've got a med tech company, I highly recommend going for it because it's just, it's different. It is very different to all the other programs that we've been on and heard about. So uh, sorry about that. A bit of a shameless plug, but I think it's really valuable because it's good to know that. You know, and, I, and I say that to other entrepreneurs that I speak to, I recommend it because we have got just so much value out of it. Yeah, I'm really happy to hear that, Peter. You know, that's our that's our goal here is to to add value and to help you on your journey and being successful. And we take that very seriously. That's what makes us wake up every day is making sure that, you know, we're doing the best we possibly can to help you on your journey and adding the most value possible. So thank you for that. And, you know, likewise, you know, we're super happy that you applied, that you were part of the program. And I know you're going to be a huge value to our ecosystem over time, you know, not just during the program, but that you and the others in the cohort are going to have a chance to help each other. And, you know, we've got 400 and 30 or so companies across all of our cohorts now and all of our alumni. And these are the top performing companies in the industry. So, you know, just the opportunity to be part of a network like that is something that we're real proud of that you have that now in your in your pocket as well. In addition to a great company and a great technology and all that need, you know, those other peers, you know, that means so much. So so thank you for the shameless plug. I'll take it anytime. And again, for those of you listening, Neutromics and Peter will be in the MedTech Innovator Finals. That's going to be September 29th at the MedTech Conference, which is run by AdvaMed, the largest trade association in our industry. And we'll be live Minneapolis on September 29th. You should look it up, themedtechconference.com. Also make sure you, again, you you look for us on LinkedIn so you can join in this conversation. But you know, you'll be able to watch Peter live and pitching. And if you're someone who's part of our industry, you even have the ability to vote. And if you look online, we'll give you some instruction on how to do that. So really excited for you, Peter. Thanks for joining us today and for being here again on the Outcomes Rocket. I know you've been here uh, once before, so glad to have you back and looking forward again to, to uh, September 29th for the finals competition. Thanks, Paul. I really enjoyed it. All right. So there you have it. Outcomes Rocket listeners. Another great story from just a terrific entrepreneur who really is making a difference. Improving outcomes is what this is all about. And Neutromics is definitely teeing themselves up to do that in a major way. So please follow their company, follow that journey. And again, tune back into the Outcomes Rocket where you can learn not only about med tech, which is my specialty, but also about health tech. We have a podcast on nursing innovation. We have another one on pharma. And of course, we have the OG podcast from Saul Marquez himself, talking just to leaders in general in the healthcare industry, which is frankly how I found out about Neutromics in the first place. So I'm thrilled that I was a listener before I even joined as a host. So thanks for joining in today. Looking forward to seeing everyone next time on the Outcomes Rocket. Bye-bye. <music>